Adam and I have been talking, and it, it just, for just fucking around, it's blown up. Yeah, it has. Are they just finding it? You, you just got... I don't know how that works, but um, work? I know that uh, my people have telling me that uh, 18 to 44 is our audience. Guys? Most, yeah. 60% guys. That's not bad. No, no. that'll do. Well, yeah. no. uh, I, I would like to get the girls a little higher, but that's why we got you in here, because they like the, <laughs> yeah. the sexy guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, we're back. Um, I'm sitting with a buddy of mine uh, from my music days. Uh, great guy. Matt, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Uh, Matt good is with, here. with the Tijuana Dogs. And the Frank Sinatra experience, right? Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, with uh, the big band director is Pete Jacobs. So we have we say Matt Mauser and the Pete Jacobs big band. And guys, if you haven't heard it, man, and if you like Frankie, uh, Matt played at my place, uh, Lido Live, in 2015. Right. And that was the 100-year anniversary of Frank's birthday, right? Yeah. Was, he would have been yeah. 100, right? December 12, 1915. Was it December 15th? Uh, one of, yeah. One or the other. I think it was either December 15th of, of 12 or December 12th of 15. So I think it was, yeah, so I think it was his 100th birthday. So December 12, 1915, I believe that's the date. If you live in Orange County, I don't care where, um, Southern California, you know who Matt Mauser is. You know the Tijuana Dogs. They play everywhere, and they're a whole lot of fun. But in the last few years, Matt, um, he was a, uh, a Spanish teacher. Uh, that's right, right, Matt? Mm -hmm. you, you Spanish, were, yeah. What, uh, in Corona Del Mar, right? Corona Del Mar, yeah. How, how many years were you there? That, I was a teacher there for 19 years. And is that where you met Christina? No, no, no. I met but, her at a, she was a fan of the band. But wasn't she a teacher there she also? She was, and that was because I was teaching there. Ah. <laughs> the story is, the story is I was the basketball coach there. Gotcha. And one day I had a gig, and um, so I said, hey, I got a gig. Could you take my basketball team? She was a great, you know, coach, great mind for basketball. And Nice. So she came in, coached the kids. I went to the gig. These are eighth grade boys, and the athletic director said, she's better than you are. <laughs> <laughs> so the next year, they, they said, hey, would your wife be interested in take, picking up a PE position? So I asked her. She said, yeah. So she picked up a position. She was a teacher there for 10 years. Oh, so you guys had been married for five years before that then, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were married. Uh, yeah. We were married in 2005. I think she got the job in 2008. Now for three, three years, three or four years. So guys, it's a, it's, it's, it's a sad thing, but um, uh, we all know how life happens. But it's been about three years now, um, and Matt lost Christine. We all, we all miss her. But uh, she was one of the nine people that uh, lost her lives tragically on Kobe Bryant's helicopter mm -hmm. in a very tragic accident. And... And I don't really want to get into it too much, Matt. Um, but what I would like to know, I, I know that that day had to have been like hell from uh, we could never experience. But how's it been now? How's, how's it been for the three years? I mean, the wellness part of it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's, it's um, you have good days. And people that have been through tragedy and grief will tell you that you have good days and you have bad days. Um, a lot of, lot of really hard days, you know, um, especially, you know, month after she died, we went into COVID and went on lockdown. So it was me and me and three kids that are just grieving and crying about losing their mom, as was I. 
And so it was, it was a, it was a hard year, 2020. A lot of people had a hard year, but. And your little one, I mean, they don't even process or that or realize that mommy's gone. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, yeah, that's, it's, that was probably the hardest part. Just telling, just, you know, telling my children the reality of their life and our life from here on out. That's been, that's been the hardest thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But I would bet that today you're still the one takes it the hardest and the kids, they're so much more resilient than we are. Yeah. My kids are, my kids are highly intelligent <laughs> in spite of their father. They're very aware. They're very emotionally aware of what's happening with them. Um, they're very expressive. They know how to express their feelings. And so they will be brutally honest with me. They'll talk to me and it's sometimes it's just what they're feeling is, it's really hard to hear because I, I want to I want them to be happy all the time. Oh, absolutely. I want them to be you know thriving and happy, and they are in every aspect. But you know their their mom was an extraordinary woman, and they they really miss their mom, as do we all. But I know they they really miss their mom. Well, I'm sure she's up there looking down on you guys, watching over you guys, you know, um, and that'll never go away. So in the three years, what's gone on with the career? Well, I, for it was interesting because uh, when did you stop? I stopped for yeah. The band the band continued. They uh, I got a couple of other singers, and I just couldn't you know I couldn't work for about six months. It was just I didn't want to step in front of people and act like everything was okay. It wasn't so. No, that's tough to conduct a party after. Uh, yeah, it's like here, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just no. So. But the, the, the silver lining of the whole thing was that COVID kicked in and nobody was working at all. So there was about a month where we had gigs in the books and, or a month or two. And then by the time COVID kind of you know, eased up a little bit, I was ready to get back and start talking about it and mm -hmm. using it as therapy. I was, you know, for the, there wasn't a lot of places that were having shows. Every show was like highly restricted and you had to have protocol there surrounding everything, which it's, was kind it's of It's kind of hard to sing through a mask. <laughs> yeah, it, so, yeah. But, but it actually ended up being, COVID ended up being a little bit of a blessing. We did some online concerts and I was able to be extremely honest. We got mm. like 80,000 you know, people that tuned in to watch Dave and I, my guitar player, just kind of do a Christmas thing. I and saw that, that was very good. And it was like, you know, we just did, it wasn't even a Christmas thing, it was like mid, it was mid COVID. Yeah. And we just, you know, talked about our grief and sang songs. And it was really mean because nobody could leave their house. So it was like we had a captive audience, yeah. you know, <laughs> and people were really appreciative. We sang a lot of songs and it was really informal, but it was it was meaningful. And so uh, when I when it when restrictions kind of eased up, I was ready to get back. I was ready to kind of so 2021 musically and as far as the band was concerned was a great year you know for us as a band because you know, people were ready to get back people were ready to everybody was dying to get music. out and yeah. see it um has anything changed i mean uh, you know they've got the tijuana dogs they've got the, the the sinatra thing but my favorite which he's not doing much of which i wish you would is vladimir boom vladimir boom <laughs> I, can i set it up a little bit please do so I was in jujitsu and I had a Brazilian guy. He said, Hey man, let's make party <laughs> one day. And I said, let's make party. He goes, they're going to come to see Tijuana dogs. Let's make party. 
I said, that's a song right there, but I can't. <laughs> I said, so I developed it, and it became this R Russian guy who escaped Russia, and was ironically was in 2015 was smuggling, coming across the border to find the woman that he loved that he once met in Russia, and he was a nightclub owner, kind of like a la, a la Hammer, and who was just this successful nightclub owner who was following his heart to start his music career in <laughs> nice. America, right? So there was one song called Pinchi Uero where he was... Uh, that song I liked a lot. He, yeah. he's, he came across the border illegally. He's this rich guy and he's living with these illegal, you know, Latinos. And he's just, you know, he's an illegal, but he's an illegal white guy. It's just, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously to say it got no traction and nobody ever won. <laughs> Until I was now, like, what the fuck go is this? look up Vladimir Boom. <laughs> I almost got fired. I was telling you, I almost got fired from my. I, I was a teacher too, and the, and the kids started watching it, and and my principal pulls me in. She goes, "What is this?" And I was, so I was like, "Ah, you know, it's, it's this." And my wife just thought it was great. She would laugh. She was supportive. She's like, "Do it. This is fun. It's creative. You need that outlet. So do it." And even as something as stupid as like a Russian, <laughs> you know. Pop singer was. But uh, tell fun us, for I, I, I go into depth because I know your fans are going to want to know what was up with the principal, man. I mean, you're just out there. So I had all it these ideas dirty. for songs, and I and, and me and this Darren, my my buddy Darren Vegas, who's a great producer, um, hip hop producer, worked for Tupac and Suge Knight. He's just this great at making beats. I was coming up with these ideas, and it gave me just an outlet to write these songs. I want. I wrote a song called Russian Discotech. It's just this great beat. I wrote a song called... That's uh, exactly what Russian Discotech Girls in Bikinis. Like. I wrote a great song called Girls in Bikinis. I played a few. This is great. Yeah. I wrote one called Mean Old Man. It was all this uh, Let's Make Party, Pinchy Wedo. Let's Make Party. I mean, I'm going to use that from now on, right? Yeah, people can go look at it. It's like called, uh, it's called Vladimir Boom, V-L-A-D-I-M-I-R, Boom. Let's make party, and one's called Pinchi Wedo, P-I-N-C-H-E, and I spelled a Wedo wrong. It's G-U-E-R-O, but I spelled it G-U-E-R-R-O, which is like a fighter, like a guerrero. He, yeah. he wasn't an English teacher. He was a Spanish, Spanish teacher. teacher. <laughs> but you know what, guys? We'll have all that stuff down here somewhere. You can find it through the phone. The yeah, Vladimir podcast. Boom was super fun, and we, so I almost got fired, so I had to take it all down. And she made me write a letter of apology, and we got to eradicate Vladimir Boom. But when I quit, you know, a few years later, we put it right back up. We had a concert, and I gave her a T-shirt. I wasn't always like this, you know. I wasn't always wound this tight. There was a time when I was fun. I was funny. I was. There we go. <laughs> Justice has been served. Hey, man. And by the way, I'm getting a T-shirt. Uh, what's interesting to me is how they can dictate that a little bit because there was nothing. I mean, I saw all the music. I saw all the videos. Uh, it's not like the shit that's going on today. It was clean. It was just funny. It was fun. People loved it. People, yeah. The kids loved it. People... It was just like, you know, you could deem it as a little bit controversial. I was in a Speedo. I was... Kind of jumping around, but what do you got? Yeah, do? the speedo thing was a little hard, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get that. So what are we doing now? What, what's the direction that we're going? So, you know, when Christina died, I, I just, I couldn't really do anything other than write. So I wrote, I got on, I picked up the guitar, I got in the piano and I just started writing again. And most of the stuff that I wrote was just kind of cathartic stuff to kind of get me through. You know, I wrote a song called Lost. It was like heavy stuff. It was like one foot in the grave type music, you know, yeah. 
when you wake up and she's gone, new life story. That's sometimes the best music in the world, though. Right? Yeah, well, they're beautiful songs. There's one called When You Wake Up and She's Gone. It's just a beautiful Sinatra-esque kind of song. And Lost got a lot of hits, and that was the one they saw on America's Got Talent. They, they had heard that song. We were thinking about doing that as one of the songs we were going to do. They just loved it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy. It's but heavy stuff. You've but. got something kind of like Bill Medley has with McKenna, because doesn't your daughter sing with you sometimes? My daughter, yeah, we wrote one called Green Bike. Hmm. Yes. And that's actually, the, she was supposed to be on the helicopter as well, believe it or not. Uh, tell us that story, because you've told me that story, and but she was going to go to a concert with you that night? Yeah, on, on the night of the, the helicopter, there's a hard story to tell. On, on the January 26th, I had a show at the Brea Improv. I had a Sinatra show at the Brea Improv, which was a sold-out show. And uh, Penny, my daughter, was going to sing her new song that she, we had just written together as dad and daughter. A song called Green Bike, which I ended up got a, got a lot of hits on YouTube as well. And it's a really cute kind of poppy, jazzy, you know, bassa kind of vibe song. And she was sick that week and she's playing on the basketball team as well. And she was going to have a tournament up there. And uh, Christina was like, Penny's really sick. And should we send her? She's um, she's coming with me to play. And I said, ah, she's pl she's singing with me tonight. Let's just keep her home. Best one, decision you ever made. That that concert, the song, and her being sick, man. It was, it's, that's what you call the trifecta. It's too much to think about, yeah. you know? So it's like, meant to be. I meant to be. Mm -hmm. So is she singing with you now? She does. She gets out and she does uh, some Zeppelin, and she does like some, <laughs> oh, some Nancy. Wow. She does Boots Are Made For Walking. We do something stupid. She's just, and she's absolutely stunning. She looks like her mom. So she's following in, in daddy's footsteps. She, she's really good. And she's got a great presence on stage. She's tall. She's athletic. She's lean. She's you got this beautiful, you know, just kind of presence. She's, I mean, you remember my wife. She was just oh, absolutely. gorgeous beautiful person woman. inside and out. Beautiful. But Penny looks a lot like her mom. So, and, and she's fun. She's, she's just great. So what's the future for the two of you? Is that what your plan we'll is? Can you know, keep going? I, I, the, we, we're replacing a singer in the band now. You know, he's got some stuff he's going on. So I may put her in there. I may, you know, put her as part of the act. Um, definitely the Sinatra show. She's a, she, she does, she comes out and just knocks him dead. We just had Nancy or uh, Frank Sinatra Jr.'s daughter. Her oh, name's wow. uh, Francine. She Francine. came out. She came out to see us uh, last week at the Bray Improv again. And she was like, she came backstage and met Penny and was like, oh my God, Penny's just spectacular. So that was, that was great. She wrote me the nicest email. She is, Francine Sinatra is just wonderful lady. Wonderful, down to earth, easy to talk to, school teacher, just the nicest gal.